Every day after school, the son of a well-known rabbi would enter his house, place his backpack on the dining room table, leave the house through the back door, and head into the woods behind the house. At first, the rabbi gave little thought to his son's ritual, but it continued for days and then for weeks, every day out into the woods for almost a half an hour. Then the rabbi grew concerned. My son, he said one day, I notice that every day you leave our home and spend time in the woods. Why? Papa, my son replied, there's no need to worry. I go into the woods to pray. It's in the woods that I can talk to God. Oh, the rabbi said, clearly relieved. But as the son of a rabbi, you should know that God is the same everywhere. Yes, Papa, I know that God is the same everywhere, but I'm not. In this morning's gospel, Mary and Joseph leave the pilgrimage caravan and return to Jerusalem to search for Jesus. And they find him in the temple where he explains to them, I must be in my father's house. Interestingly, this coming-of-age story of a 12-year-old Jesus in the temple is found only in Luke's gospel and forms a kind of transition between the nativity stories of the last several days and the beginning of Jesus' life as an adult. On this second Sunday after Christmas, we are reminded that our picture of the baby Jesus with his mother and father looking on adoringly is just a brief image in the story of a long family journey, including unfair taxation, unjust rulers, and of exile. For us, just a few days ago, the baby was lying helplessly in a manger, And now he's a 12-year-old young man, breaking away from the circle of family and friends on their journey to celebrate the feast of the Passover. Jesus left the caravan and went on his own journey. He was in search of something, and what he found was his home, his identity, and his mission. Culturally, a Jewish boy became a man when he was 12 years old. He became a son of the law and had to take the obligations of the law upon him. So Jesus, with his family, went to the Passover, was fascinated, and perhaps he lagged behind wanting to take everything in. When his parents realized he wasn't there one evening, they returned to Jerusalem in search of him. You see, they thought he was lost, only to find him in the temple intently listening and asking questions of the teachers. Jesus wasn't lost. Mary and Joseph were lost without him. In his first spoken, excuse me, in his first spoken words in Luke's gospel, Jesus asked his parents why they were searching for him. 
as he confidently declares, Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? Or according to another translation, I must be about my father's business. He was perfectly at home in the temple, and apparently he had no idea why his parents were so upset. His use of the word must conveys his deep sense of compulsion in his unique relationship with God, as he now claims for himself what others had proclaimed about him. Could it be that this feast of the Passover, he suddenly became conscious that he was the unique son of God? Could it be that here he discovered his identity? Notice how Jesus takes the name Father from Joseph and gives it to God. He discovered that his home is in God. And the stage is now set for Jesus to grow in mind, body, and spirit according to God's will, and even submitting to his parents. Despite all that had been revealed to Mary and Joseph at the time of Jesus' birth, what happened in the temple was beyond their comprehension at the time. As many others, they didn't understand. Wasn't Jesus' father's business with Joseph in the carpenter shop in Nazareth? Who is this child, anyway? When Jesus was a few days old and was presented at the temple, Simeon and the prophet Anna saw something extraordinary in this child. If Jesus grew up in in any ordinary circumstances of family life, maybe his parents and neighbors might be excused for not realizing all that he was. Story after story in scripture reveals that Jesus was elusive when it came to knowing exactly who he was because he constituted a deeper reality than anyone could comprehend. Who is this child the shepherds found lying in the manger? Who is this child who sat with the elders in the temple? Who is this man who walked this earth, healed, taught, and saved? Every time we think we've figured him out, he will go on ahead of us and we'll lose sight of him. Or maybe we'll go about our own business and forget about our father's business. And then we search for him again. Remember another story that takes place toward the end of Luke's gospel? A couple is walking home on the road to Emmaus, sure that they have lost Jesus forever. And in their sadness, they are joined by another traveler who asks them about the events of the last three days. And they share the unbelievable story of the crucifixion and what the women said about the empty tomb. As we know, the traveler turns out to be the risen Christ, the one they were looking for all along. If Jesus had not left the caravan to return to Jerusalem and the temple to be in my father's house, how could he later have called Peter, James, and John to leave their nets and families and follow him? How could he have told the would-be disciple to let the dead bury the dead. 
How could he admonish the rich young ruler to sell all he had, give it to the poor, and come and follow him? And finally, how could Jesus have gone to the cross had he let any other agenda get in the way of being about his father's business? In our own journey, in our search for the Christ, we too must be about our Father's business. Rather than being consumed by the work of the world, we must grow our relationship with God. Our own spiritual growth is a lifelong experience of listening and questioning. And this can even mean being separated from the caravan, which is often headed in quite another direction. So what's so important about this story as the Christmas season winds up? Why is this an appropriate gospel so soon after Christmas? Well, hundreds of people attended services, Christmas services here at St. John's. And today we, we return to a quiet day of worship. Kind of like in the temple in Jerusalem after the pilgrims have gone, the ones who came for the high holy days. Maybe, just maybe, we can hang on a little longer to the tree, the lights, and the feeling of peace on earth. In this place, we can be about our Father's business and hopefully contemplate where we will find Jesus in the coming year. We come here to ponder these things in our hearts. We come here to develop our faith, to grow in wisdom, and to seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit on our way back from Jerusalem. Jesus found his home in God, from whom he sought his spiritual strength. And so it is with us. In this place, we have been anointed with oil, sealed in baptism by the Holy Spirit, and marked as Christ's own forever. We don't have to look very long or very far to find displacement and chaos in our life, many of them painful. Beyond physical changes from one community to another, or one school to another, from familiar to very unfamiliar surroundings, Our lives may also be marked by deeper inner changes. And sometimes these inner and emotional displacements threaten us and give us feelings of being lost or left alone. Sometimes we're drawn into places too safe for growth and too comfortable for giving. And we need to reflect on how God is calling us to the unfamiliar the risky, the different, out to the places of growth and generosity and new life. You see, nothing is the same after the incarnation. Something is broken loose in the world and turned it upside down. And those who meet the Christ are also changed. The word has taken flesh in us as well. So even though we live in this broken world, 
a world that looks more tragic day by day. The healing of the world has taken root in us. We are indeed members of the human family, and we really belong to the kingdom of God as a part of the great work begun that night so long ago in that faraway stable. This story isn't about a perfect family that wouldn't understand our struggles, a family life that is out of our reach. Instead, there's hope in the story of this family that lives into messy moments with the confidence that God in Christ has entered and redeemed us from within. It's an account of the beginning of this child's pursuit of God, a picture of the development of a life with God that each person must work on independently. As we continue to grow, still seeking guidance and wisdom for the direction of life we share, we need to ponder where are the places and when are the moments when we may be called away from the safe and the familiar to new and risky experiments of faith. You see, we are gods. The God who calls us to follow all our days and who seeks us even when we wander. This story teaches us to listen for God's voice wherever and whenever, to be especially attentive to the ways the Spirit is calling us to leave the caravan in order to be about and embrace God's business. For the rabbi's little son, it came in the forest behind his home. Where and when will it be so for you? Amen.